Some people may say parenting is one of the most challenging and rewarding parts of human life. With that being said, parenting is one of the most stressful things we can do as adult humans, and it's expected that mistakes will be made. Many people are living life with an open wound and don't realize it yet. That open wound is called a mother wound. If you're familiar with this term, this episode will be a treat for you. If you're someone who doesn't know what a mother wound means, stay tuned because Christina and I, your host Sam Aiko, has you covered with an in-depth breakdown on what a mother wound is and how to identify and conquer it. As a life coach, Christina loves exploring the topic of mother wound healing and how it impacts the sense of self-worth and confidence in women. Whether it's how we show up in business, relationships, or parenthood, our mother wound is often the underlying issue of our insecurities and self-doubt. We live in a psychologically aware times, and yet mother wounds are still a taboo topic. It's Christina's personal mission to talk about it candidly and open to help other women feel like they're not alone with their gaping mother wound. If you don't want to miss out, subscribe and bookmark this episode and share with a loved one who may benefit from Christina's wisdom. Christina, it's an honor to meet you and thank you for making it your mission to help those who are suffering. Can you tell us where you're from? Sure. I'm so excited to be here, by the way. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I'm in London. I live in London with my family, my husband, my son, and our little cat lady, who we often call Catastrophe, because she's just that kind of a cat. <laughs> um, but I've only been living in London for the past uh, eight years now. I actually, I'm originally from Russia and I grew up in Moscow. So first 25 years of my life, um, I spent there and this is essentially my motherland. That was beautiful. Amazing. How was it like transitioning from Russia to London? It was so weirdly easy for me <laughs> because I never quite felt like home in Moscow and I can't quite explain it. it just felt really weird and the moment like literally the moment I just um, not even moved to London like visited London to begin with it just like I all of a sudden realized what it's not what it's like not to be suffocated it's just felt more creative and more like me and it it just felt like home since day one I also moved to London for love so kind of you know straight away it felt like home that's lovely I'm so happy that you feel so at home that's such a beautiful gift to have can you tell us more about your mission and your service sure so I'm a certified life coach and coach supervisor and I have been for the past four years um, in my work I primarily work with women who have had or are currently experiencing challenging relationships with their mother or are want to overcome certain insecurities and self-doubt um, that stems from their relationship with their mother and um, they just want to become the author of their life and that's essentially the name of my coaching practice become the author of your life christina can you tell us what is a mother wound sure so in very simple terms be before we go um, and <laughs> talk in more psychological terms but in very simple terms it's in a way unhealthy relationship with yourself so things like lack of confidence very strong inner critique um, self-doubt um, feeling unclear about who you are 
what you want and where do you want to be like um, a lot of women struggle with career choices or what kind of partner they desire or would be good and suitable for them because they first and foremost don't quite understand themselves to begin with um, and that often comes from not feeling or part of us not feeling seen heard and understood in childhood and so once we unpack that and realize where the gap was we can start feeling it and becoming the woman that we needed as a girl and that is becoming our healing process is there a difference between a father wound and a mother wound yes um in a way that it impacts uh women and men differently so i'm speaking purely from my professional experience here for women it's important to address mother wound first and foremost and then address father wound if they in fact have it so maybe the way it shows up in their life is having difficult difficulty to establish trust and um, good relationship with their partner. Maybe it's um, thinking that they need to um, like have more masculine energy in order to succeed in their careers. Hopefully that makes sense. So like compete with others, like being in the race and play by man's rule. And, and that's very common because we look at people who succeed, who are the top of the top in terms of career. And we're like, okay, so if I do what he does, I will succeed as well. And that doesn't quite work for women, women I'm afraid. And for men, it's different. For, for men, I believe it's important for them to address father wound first and foremost. And then if there is the presence of mother wound, then address that as well. Um, and the reason why I'm saying this is because when, when we grow up, around the age of between three and five years old, we kind of realize that we realize our gender. We realize that, oh, I'm a girl, so I'm like mommy. And my brother is a boy, so when he grows up, he's going to be like daddy. And this is the moment where we start observing our mother, mother's way of being, how she speaks, how she deals with challenges, um, ev everyday moments, how she cooks, when she cleans the apartments, the house, does she do so lovingly or <laughs> is it maybe her way of uh, release the rage and anger, some um, other emotions? Does mm -hmm. she spend quality time with us? Do we see her spending time on self-care and actually taking care of her body, her soul, socializing with other friends, with other women and actually supporting them, encouraging them and empowering them rather than gossiping about them behind their back. We observe and, and we absorb like sponges when we're kids, especially when we realize that I'm a girl, which means when I grow up, I'm going to be like mommy. But this, this, I'm so interested in this topic because I told you earlier, um, like I lost my mom in 2020 and I have a yeah. major mother wound with my birth mom. And when I say birth mom, it's, I have a unique case. I was raised by lesbian parents. <clears throat> yeah. So I have two moms and I don't, I, don't, I completely don't have like a father male figure, anyone that I identify with. And so I identify with the inner critic and I've witnessed my mom have to like have that, that like concept of working in a man's world. And at her time of work, she was a correction officer, worked in law enforcement. It was very male dominated and competitive for her. And so 
when you were describing these things, I was curious about her mother wound, father wound, because she had a mom and dad. And I wonder how that influenced her choices in career and how she behaved. And I love this because this topic brings consideration on so many levels. It's so much easier not to be upset and take these things personally and forgive our parents when we see that they're really just like us, but 50 years, 50 generations, like a few generations before us. So it's like when we could not be so critical and read the facts, it's easier to process. And I think that's where a lot of the healing comes from with your work. I love that you're saying that. Well, first of all, I love how open and transparent you are about your own unique case, as you said, having two moms. I'm so sorry to hear that you lost your birth mom a couple of years ago. Um, you're absolutely right about like one thing. I think you hit the, uh, the head on the, uh, what's the word? Nail on the head. There we go. Thank you so much for saving me from the embarrassing. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you you just described essentially um, the essential element of every healing journey. And that's actually kind of taking your parent off the pedestal and viewing their history um, as another fellow human being. Because very often we continue viewing our parents from the child's position. And what does it look like? It means that I have certain expectations of you. You owe me this. You owe me that. Because when we are in a child's position, we can't take care of ourselves. My four-year-old can't take care of himself. <laughs> like I have to be there to remind him, go brush your teeth, <laughs> make, make sure you do this, make, make sure you shower your body and keep it nice and clean. Because he won't be able to do that for himself. He's still learning how to take care of himself. Whereas, um, and, and so th there is a lot of mm, sometimes the energy of, I have expectations of you and some expectations were not met and some of my needs were not met because a part of me didn't feel safe, seen or understood. You didn't pay attention to my drawings, although that was my talent and I wish I was able to develop it or something like this. That's just an example. But when we all of a sudden kind of shift our perspective and we're like, hang on a second, how about I look at my parents' story from essentially day one and I imagine them as a six-year-old girl, what kind of, what her, what her parents were like, what did she learn? about what it's like to love and be loved and feel seen and heard and understood. What was she told? And when we do that, and that's actually, there is a number of special techniques that can be done in the healing capacity and the coaching capacity that one of them is storytelling, another one is visualizing, another one is kind of like putting you into meditative state to kind of like really visualize it and feel like you're there. And all of a sudden you realize towards the end that your parents or your mother specifically gave you the best she could and yes the best she could perhaps was not quite enough for, for what you wanted but she did her best and that should be enough for you the rest is your uh, lesson uh, your soul evolution your challenge to embrace in order to mature in this world i love that you're saying this I love what you said too, and it warms my heart. And this is what we need to hear because I can see from what I'm learning now, we tend to mimic our models. And mm -hmm. if we have, we've felt these expectations from our mothers and parents, 
I could totally see us reenacting these expectations with our relationships with our partners. Mm-hmm. Because personally, when I was saying that, I was thinking like, wow, maybe, maybe I show these behaviors, like the expectations my mother has in my relationships. Like I catch myself saying, well, maybe why wouldn't he uh, do it like this? Like mm-hmm. my version of it. And I, and I catch myself before I, you know, act up and realize there's a whole nother person who doesn't know my history as well as I do, at least viscerally. Um, yeah. And same with him, like he has a different upbringing. How can I expect these things? So I, I love mm-hmm. that this is breaking it down and making it digestible. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of real quick um, is uh, there is, it's an old um, kind of saying that we tend to marry our fathers. But the reality is um, our first relationships or our first serious relationship is usually us dating our mother (laughs) with the unconscious desire to resolve the issues that we had experienced with our mothers. So it's like, and when you tell that to women, oftentimes they realize, oh my God, yes, like I like they often say i had such a great relationship with my dad i have no idea how i ended up in what i am right now um and then well great but have you ever addressed the underlying issue for women specifically it is mother wounds because yes we think we tend to marry our fathers but actually we need to resolve the challenges with our mothers first otherwise we'll take them to the next relationship unconsciously and hey well done to your self-awareness and this is something that we often take for granted especially when we're further on in our healing journey like what you said I catch myself in the moment before I act up that's the sign of healing journey a and B psychological maturity to become this kind observer of your own thoughts emotions and behaviors and realize hey I'm noticing something's happening here like and then you just start engaging with your behaviors before you react rather than consciously respond yes it's CBT is a gift. The only reason why I was able to mm. was is the is out for a while. I was uh, an ABA practitioner. I was um, doing behavioral analysis, and then I found CBT when my mom passed away. I was trying to figure out because the, all the behaviors that I didn't resolve with my mother all surfaced like a volcano when she passed away mm. because I didn't get to have the resolution that I was yearning for, like you spoke about, like you're like uh, hitting it. You're such a great professional. (laughs) You're really like getting me. Like I feel so understood and we're not even like, I'm not trying to make this about what I'm going through, but more for our audience, but I'm relating to it so much. Um, And yeah, when, when, uh, so the cognitive behavioral, like understanding like how our thoughts inspire our behaviors and how our behaviors may trigger some thoughts Mm. and it's all interconnected and you all of a sudden you realize oh there are so many elements i can engage with and wrestle with and play with and actually communicate and let go of the idea of control but befriend them so that you you stop fighting the unnecessary war and that's the inner conflict, the, you know, fighting against yourself and your nature and your essence and perhaps your reactions that you learned by observing others. Those were written for you, but you do have the power 
to alter them, completely rewrite and just be aware of them and not use if you don't want to. I love this. And I can see how this could uh, feed faith and hope and mm. in a self way. Like a lot of times, and I, I love religion, I'm a spiritual person, but I realized during a lot of these uh, very hard times in my life, it wasn't, I could never pray away my feelings or pray away my troubles, but I can have faith in how we, how I can handle it and how I can cope and faith in my ability to, to be there as a support for myself, not to crumble away. And I think what you're speaking into is essential for beginning a self-care practice because I could, I know like in pop culture right now, they make it sound like it's such common sense what self-care looks like but it's truly unique to the individual and what our body needs and what we've been through and healing relived trauma and mm -hmm. I, I I love what you do because our audience can hear it here the first thing we should look at is our mother wounds and mm -hmm. it affects our attitude and our attitude is how we look at life right yeah absolutely it's like Finally, when when you address your mother wounds, if that's in fact speaks to you, it's not like everybody should do it. I honestly like I love this work. I think it would be beneficial for everybody, but at the same time, it, it's there is there has to be a part of you that it just speaks to and you feel drawn to it and it just tickles something and you're like, okay, there is something in it for me and I'm gonna trust the pull. I'm gonna trust the intuition, and because this work it's like finally receiving that manual that you never had <laughs> but what was written for me because if we look at, at works of eric byrne the father of uh, transactional analysis like everything we hear like during the first seven years of our lives becomes our inner voice or at the very least heavily impacts and influences it so very often we have that voice that tells us who are you even to um apply for this job or ask for more money or think that you're better than this person or that you can be with this guy or that you can be likable enough to go online and start your own business or that you can make a living out of your art and paintings for example who are you to do this uh, you are not that enough or yada 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 and oftentimes those are thoughts that are just like the, all the voices in our heads and we don't always understand the origins the source of that and it's very liberating to realize that this voice was not even yours to begin with and you can actually stop identifying with it and logically it makes sense when we hear this and and yet it does take time and inner work and you know specific practitioners to work with or specific approaches like perhaps cpd would be very useful as well and just work with someone to unpack and separate from those voices so that you can engage with them in a kind of detached manner that's perfect can you tell us the moment you realized you had a mother wound and how you approached it sure oh <laughs> a sigh <laughs> so um the moment I realized I had a mother wound is the moment where I finally had the language, the term of mother wound introduced to me. Before that, I had spent years, uh, lots of lots of time, lots of money, lots of efforts on things like confidence coaching, working on my self-esteem, 
um, public speaking. I was really struggling with unlocking my voice. Um, I'm, um, I'm a, I'm a soft-spoken person naturally, but I was really struggling to voice my boundaries, to voice my needs, to actually know them in the first place. And so I was working on all of those things and they did have some impact and effect and life was getting better and it was helping me in my career progression it was helping me in my relationships um, and not only romantic relationships but friendships with other women as well because at times I was finding that women would start to compete with me and I would react and respond to that and I would start compete with the, competing with them as well and and I and I was like is there you know an option in this universe where I can just be like you know friends with other women so that we support each other instead of competing and you know just being a little bit snidey without any good reason whatsoever and it wasn't until i was i think i was about 27 years old so quite late like it was six years ago and i was working with this psychologist and she she had her mother wound as well so she was you know she was going through this journey and she just gave me she was like of course you're struggling with this because you're not addressing the underlying issue and she was very direct she was um i believe she was practicing the gestalt approach which, which is very provocative very playful and i love it and and for me that was the aha moment because i finally had the language around it the understanding that this is something that is a very very real issue some for some reason not that mainstream and so once i got the language around it i just knew a very specific kind of support that i needed specific books uh practitioners and and, and this is why my number one recommendation always if you decide to go on a healing journey with someone always pick a professional a practitioner who experienced that themselves and done their healing and you can like right now you're saying like, I feel like you get me. This is how you feel in the room with a practitioner who we've been on the same path and like, of course I get you. I might not even say the right thing or like say something specific for it, but I just get you because I was on this journey. And you know what? I feel safe. That's a big mm. thing. Like your presence feels very like I can be vulnerable. Like, and I think that's a gift because there's not a lot of people in the world where like, I could look at them and be like, I feel a little teary-eyed. You know, my inner child feels seen. So I, I love it's that. It's wonderful to hear. I, it's such a gift for me to hear this as well. And also such a gift to your audience because maybe without we don't realize, but actually us women openly sharing our story and how we feel and how we experience mother wound it opens the door i got goosebumps as i'm saying this but it opens the door for others and it kind of grants them this unspoken permission to speak up and finally unblock their throat chakra because a lot of healing around mother wound happens around throat chakra speak your truth mm -hmm. um the way it is because mother wound is a taboo topic don't speak badly about your mother. Uh, don't be an ungrateful child. Um, all around those things, you know. You know, she she had it badly. You were just not realizing how tough it was for her. All of the things that make us feel bad about not just um, even challenging, but mildly questioning our mother's methods, which is a very natural part of become like growing and becoming an adult 
How can having a mother wound impact our daily lives? In so many ways. <laughs> but um, starting with lack of clarity, mm -hmm. um, lack of self-understanding, I would say. Who am I? What is good for me? What am I here for? So in daily life, like, um, should I go there? Should I go to this party? Should I go out with this guy? Like, we almost lack this inner guidance that makes us, like, kind of guides us, like, helps us to make decisions because we don't understand what's good for us. Mm -hmm. I would say self-doubt. Do I look okay? Can I do this? So something that you mentioned earlier on is having this self-efficacy. No matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. And that's this inner resourcefulness that I have me which means I'm in the best company ever and together we can handle anything. And that is essentially your inner mother speaking. So I would say um, lack of confidence, self-doubt is number two. Oh, never feeling like enough. I would just put them all together because people, different people associate with different language. And the third sign, I would say lack of this inner resourcefulness. You know, when the universe serves you a challenge on a silver platter and you crumble instead of and, and you wait for someone to come and rescue you mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I see this as resonating versus going you know what this is tough admittedly but I am tougher I have survived 100% of challenging situations in my life so far I have these resources and inner qualities and it's like it's our inner mother saying you're gonna be fine you know you've been there before you, you keep falling when you uh, were learning to walk and, and that's okay and the first attempts you um, learning how to feed yourself your food was all over the place but you have learned so you have the capacity to learn and get better and overcome anything that's coming your way and when we don't have that strong inner mother's voice inside our Ourselves, which can be cultivated through inner uh, mother wound healing work we then remain within our inner child's voice which is helpless uh, can't take responsibility because that's not the child's um, it doesn't responsibility doesn't live in the realm of inner child and we just feel helpless so I saw a little that you're into human design and I love mm -hmm. it and Yay. so I'm a Pisces and a generator so with those, wow. yeah, with those like being assertive and structured is the opposite of my nature. But I definitely function more like a Virgo. But nowadays, <laughs> so uh, that helplessness was very uh, innate for me. It was mm -hmm. a behavior that I had majority of my life that I'm still working on, and I think I got to the point of where I am now on this podcast, mm -hmm. speaking with you from actually like owning those qualities and learning how to not criticize them but deal with it and kind of just do things even though I feel anxious about it and I learned that I had to like because my mother wound affected me and I didn't even have the vocabulary when I was healing it so despite mm. I love I love that you're here because I've known I met a lot of people during my journey that have one too and I learned that I had to change the, the voice in my head because I noticed it was my mom yelling at me and stuff when I feel like I might be when I'm in the middle of making a decision having strict parents always telling me what to do and if I didn't I was mm. like 
I was feeble-minded in some way like and so I would be pressured my first time like moving out of the house making decisions because I'm like I don't trust myself because I was called certain things my whole life that made me feel like I wasn't worthy of making these choices and I had to replace my old inner dialogue like my mother's voice in my head to the mother I want to be yeah yeah and like took everything that I wish I had and be like look I don't want to mimic my mom but I did see myself even though I didn't like these qualities I saw them within myself without Mm -hmm. me noticing it why do you think a lot of times we're blindsided to us behaving in ways that we wouldn't want to receive yeah it's because our mothers are our first teachers and we see the world through our mother's eyes mm-hmm. and and for you it was like two universe uh, universes you were observing both of your mothers around you and receiving um directives and programs from them mm-hmm. about who you are what the world is like what the world is like for women specifically what is your role in this world what are you good at? What are you not good at? And all of those things. And we absorb them and we take them for granted. And it becomes part of our life script, which is written during the first seven, eight years. And then it gets a little bit corrected until we're about 12. Um, and then here's the funny thing. I think you're going to love it. Um, I think all of the listeners are going to love it. So, um, I love science, I love finding evidence and proof in psychology and um, like studying different teachers. It kind of brings me this um, comfort. And uh, since we talked about human design, it's a classic line one desire to like absorb and be that knowledge, truth and knowledge seeker. So I'm that seeker. And Eric Byrne said that once this program, once this script is written, so these are the rules that were written for you, who you are in this world and how you're going to live your life. Then between about 12 years old and until about 30, we kind of, we don't follow that script. We kind of develop and mature in our own way. But then something clicks and happens around the 30-year-old mark give or take a couple, two, three years. Now, if we look at in the astrology, in astrology, that's called Saturn return, which starts when we are like 28, 29 years old, and then finalizes about like 30, 31. And this is where massive identity shifts are happening. And we are presented with that inner conflict, inner choice. Who are you going to be in this world? Are you going to be sleepwalking and repeating the pattern or are you going to be breaking the cycle? And this is the challenge for our soul to mature and become our own unique person. And I love finding those coincidences and similarities in completely different um, fields of work, whether it's psychology, which is very, very like science-based and evidence-based and um, astrology, which is very spiritual. And as Pisces, um, I believe you you would definitely resonate with, you know, spiritual uh, methodologies as well. And, and you know, in um, Zodiac, you are the one who is closest to the mysterious um invisible forces in our lives as Pisces. I'm I'm an Aquarius by the way, so I'm I'm not that far from you. <laughs> yeah. And my North Node is in Pisces. So I'm here to actually in this lifetime I'm here to embrace um the Pisces way of being. So it's good to be in your company. 
Likewise, um, my um, I, I it's one of the houses that say like your like soul connections. Mine lands in Aquarius. I oh. always find that I love like I always feel at home with Aquarius. Ah, uh, that's so amazing to hear! Yay! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, one of these one of these days, we should. I would love to do an episode with you about human design because it's not mm. something a lot of people know about. Let's do it. I'm a projector because I'm here to usher in a new paradigm and I'm here to specifically serve generators and uh, many gens as well. So maybe this is why we vibe. <laughs> this is an, a complete honor. I, I would love to work with you on your mission. I would love to be one of your generators because it's, it's my nature. A lot, of, a lot of my friends would see like my supportive nature and be like, why don't you do something uh, yourself? And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I want to be a soldier. I don't want to be the commander. But, um, you know, I love this podcast. I get to help share your message. And I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Beautiful journey and a mission for you. So I know we spoke about this generally with our other questions, but for the audience to really hone on, hone in and objectify this, how are mother wounds created? Mm. Well, essentially in our childhood, through our early childhood interactions with our mothers. And hey, sometimes mm, like the, the classic example to think of is mother was emotionally absent. She uh, perhaps didn't have resources, time to attend or desire to attend to her own healing to break the cycle this is why she um she kind of repeated the cycle she just gave and she treated her child the way that she in the only way that she knew and and that kind of passed down from her mother um so this is one of the you know classic examples what we see in movies um and stories that people share but sometimes things happen out, outside of our control and i have a friend whose mother um was in a car accident when she was just 9 months old so my friend was 9 months old and her mother was in a car accident and so her mother spent a very long time in the hospital and couldn't couldn't be there for her now and that is that that wound has a bit of a different structure different texture because this is a relationship with something we cannot predict and cannot control and it's a very humbling position and it's there to challenge our humility that yes we can manage certain things about our lives and do our part and do our best but also work on accepting what is and what is coming our way so it's kind of like the balance of both as i'm thinking about it i i went on a tangent there so what was the question again <laughs> how our mother how our mother wounds created oh yes apologies uh so in childhood through interactions with our mother and when our mother gave her best in in the way that only she knew how to do something in terms of upbringing, meeting our physical needs, but also emotional needs. And hey, like 30, 40 years ago, parenthood was all about physical needs. Life was tougher in so many ways. Like right now we can actually work from home and be with our children more. But back in the day, that wasn't even an option for many, many parents out there. So if a child, uh, if a child's physical needs were met, you know, they were clean, their teeth were brushed, they were reminded to have shower every day, they were well fed, um, 
child was was not malnourished, then literally killer parenting <laughs> but now we become more and more aware of emotional needs of our children and it's great it's great that we're more aware and parents have way more resources to operate with in order to educate themselves how to be with their children rather just do something for them and off you go and play and leave me alone i'm tired or i want to watch football or i want to read my book or just i don't have time for you or something like this but at the same time this awareness and this access to all this kind of information makes my generation of parents go hang on a minute <laughs> why wasn't i given all this attention and like all this how how was your day what was the best thing that happened at school today <laughs> and all of this wonderful things like i'm cooking with my son you know he just showed um clear interest uh, in cooking when he was two years old and i was like oh my god i have a choice right now i have a choice and i can tell him this is too dangerous for you to be near the cooker and go and play with your trains you know this is mommy's gonna do the cooking i don't want you to be here because this is dangerous um or i could say okay so i'm just gonna let you know that this is fire it's really hot it can burn your skin so if you want to be here like let's create some distance you can stand on a chair here and just talk to him through what i'm doing i'm frying meatballs i'm uh, boiling spaghetti i'm adding a bit of salt it's yummy yummy don't touch this this is a knife it's very sharp and so this is what i did and now he's like really into cooking it's been two years now he's genuinely interested i don't know whether he's just going to be really good husband material uh, oh. <laughs> yes. or maybe become a chef i have no idea but that was like a challenge for me at the time am i going to repeat the cycle like my mother just sent him away or say even worse like i know i wouldn't but it, it was still um it was still an option to say like oh don't you worry about it just find yourself a partner she will do all the cooking for you and i'm i ain't raising a man like this <laughs> so yes um that was a bit of an example and a bit of a tangent but essentially yes early childhood uh, interactions what we learn about ourselves and the world around us and sometimes you know very often to be honest our needs being unmet whether they're physical or emotional and also not feeling not, not feeling seen um, in your very early authentic interests and desires you know things like drawing cooking um, dressing yourself some some children they show very very early what they're into and um, sometimes mothers are tired exhausted or unattentive to notice and mirror them back to them and reflect oh i see you're really interested in this you know how about i try and support it as much as i can yes it's a new age it's the age of aquarius and you're totally Yay. right because back when my parent went back when i was being raised by my parents it's it was incredibly stressful and it wasn't a time of age where right now I'm like helping my sister with her baby and my my niece. I love her so much. And the great thing is about technology today is that when we have to get work done or if we need a nap or a minute, we can use technology to entertain our youth. I don't I of course there's stigmas to it. There's cons and pros and you know, it shouldn't be like the kids being raised by the television, but it does allow us a moment to get that pause I know when my parents were raising me it was mayhem stress because they were both working 
and then you have school and then I had learning disabilities and I needed extra tutoring and we all three girls all needed attention then we all hit puberty around the same time and my oh other my parents <laughs> my other parents out at work almost every day we never saw her like she would be gone for days and so mm-hmm. like I it, granted we have our mother wounds but for the audience here like we can't be too hard on our parents like times are different now things were so hard back then that mm-hmm. if you had a minute to spend time with your kids you're probably really stressed and you're not your best self and that's where it goes into what you were saying that parents need to make time to work on themselves too and yes. so we could be the best for the children to come because they are stressful they're meant to be they're new to the world and it's our job to be able to regulate that stress mm, absolutely i love that you're auntie by the way i can totally see you being this really cool auntie <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yes, you're absolutely right. And, you know, having this realization that actually our parents had it quite hard and so many things were not available at the time. Like, even when I think back to my grandmother, she didn't have a washing machine. I can't imagine not having a washing machine. I have a washing machine, a dishwasher. Um, I have a microwave. I have a slow cooker. So many things just to to help me with like day-to-day activities. But even just three generations back, that was not possible. That was not available. And the, the tricky thing about these realizations what I noticed in my practice and actually in my personal story as well is that um, this realization, although like intellectually we understand it, but during, especially in the very like, in, in I would say in the first part of the healing journey, this realization doesn't always penetrate our being. We can't quite fully let it in because I, and I, I remember how it was very much the case for me and how it's very much the case for women who are you know, they still need to let go and release anger, release, um, you know, the, the, those hidden maybe even expectations. Why didn't you talk to me about sex? Why didn't you educate me how to take care of myself during my monthly period? Why didn't you tell me about, there's a lot of like, why didn't you love me the way that I wanted you to love me? And once, I think the first part is releasing that first and foremost. And then all of a sudden, all those realizations that we've heard before, they start penetrating our being and they get massaged into uh, into that soil that actually is way more, um, what's the word? I don't know. It's just, it's more acceptable. It's more like, you know, you can now work with it. Um, and, and this is why I recommend working with practitioners who have been on their mother wound healing journey, because I heard some horror stories, how people go to therapy. And sometimes what they hear is like, past is in the past. It's no use addressing it right now. You should focus on your life or, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, um, almost even like, you know, why are you still talking about this? It's like, it's, it just does not feel good. And, um, and it kind of even shuts us even more. And again, coming back to throat chakra and blocking, um, uh, I think ideally we are allowed first to protest and it's not about like completely just, oh, let's just get all together and do some other bashing and that is it. No, no, no. But it's about actually speaking your truth for once and for all. 
this is my experience and this is how it felt for me and it's not pretty um i and i don't want to hold it anymore because it is a weight that's weighing me down and i want to release it and once we release it we actually create capacity within ourselves to accept other truths and actually uh, go on a journey of discovering okay so what was my mother's life was like when she was a kid what did she learn about herself um, and about how to be loved and how to show love to others so yeah just like a little tangent that I, I, uh, kind of like if, if you're listening to this and you're like I'm talking to listeners right now and, and you're like why can't I quite embrace it and own it and like truly feel it? It's because maybe there is like needs the first step. The first step needs to be taken. And don't make yourself wrong for not quite embracing certain things. That's absolutely fine. Just release first and then the magic will happen. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yes, I love that you meant. I think a big part of that release is getting the validation that you never got from your parents. And sometimes your parents will never give you that validation because they never got it themselves. But what we can do is that we can ask, like this is something that helped me is asking my mom questions about her childhood and also Mm. realizing how it sounds nightmarish to compare because of the luxury we live in. (laughs) (laughs) And that makes me really humble down and just realize that whatever I notice is meant for me to use as a tool. It's not meant for me to crucify anybody else because even when I have my own kids, I'll have my own problems too. And I'm sure they'll feel the same exact way I felt. But, you know, with that being said, it makes it easier to love and receive love in a very Mm -hmm. sensitive, raw area. Yeah. I think you've just touched on something really important that a lot of uh, people, like a lot of women who uh, desire to become mothers at some point or are already mothers or maybe pregnant right now and freaking out a little bit. Oh, my God, like, am I going to turn into my mom all of a sudden when I have a baby? Because it's a very, very real concern that many women share. Um, and, yeah, the, the transition from maiden to mother, so to speak, can um, serve as a trigger mother wound it can activate certain programs within ourselves with we we might start think that this is how i should behave now or dress or these are not my duties around the house without even it's almost like unspoken they just like kind of something gets clicked in their program and they start doing certain things which probably come from what they observed um from their mothers and here's the thing yeah i think the 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 purpose of our healing journey is not to be perfect parents well there's no such thing and it's actually it's it can be very harmful for a child to grow up with perfectly perfect parents because it doesn't create room and acceptability around you know making mistakes failing and you know whatever that might mean in in that specific environment and family but it's about having that 
maturity to say, hey, baby, I just, you know, I just all of a sudden got so angry and frustrated with that mess. I'm sorry for raising a voice at you. Let me just take a moment to like sit down and breathe and take a moment to myself and like owning up to our imperfections and mistakes rather than try and avoid them. And um, of course, like, you know, there are going to be things that we would like to avoid. But when it comes to suddenly just showing our humanity, the best thing we can do for our children is to model how we can own up to it, communicate it, and then show, actually, here's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to make myself a nice cup of tea and I'm going to give you a nice little cuddle. And I'm going to breathe, take a few deep breaths, and we're going to feel much calmer. We're just going to have a conversation around it. And actually, this is so much better for children. We're modeling the behavior of uh, cultivating that self-leadership and emotional intelligence and how to manage our emotions, well, which is emotional intelligence, <laughs> essentially. And this is better because kids do as you do. They don't do as you say. Amen. Mm. <laughs> would you say that a mother wound is a part of generational trauma i would yes um so i'm a little bit cautious when it comes to the word trauma because it's a mental health word um so i'm a coach and i'm a trauma-informed coach so i've done extensive multiple trainings to make sure that i'm trauma sensitive and i know when it's time to refer when it's time to uh, maybe make sure there is additional support. Um, but if we consider a mother wound as, you know, my mother was parented in such a way and this is all she knows and this is why she parented me in such a way. Yeah, absolutely. And I can, in my personal story, I can see how my mother, the way she was parented by my grandmother, it's almost like women in our lineage never had good relationship between them and we we carry it and I almost feel like there was never it was never an option to be um to have like this friend friendship element um and real element of sisterhood between women in uh, in my family, my mom seems to be always competing with my um, father's mother. And like, I always witnessed certain things, how and certain words. And you know how kids, you know, we read our family energetically more so than somehow consciously. And so I was always feeling that tension between women and my, uh, you know, a greater family like not just like mom dad and uh, grandmothers but also aunties and it's like this is so weird it's like it was never never done you know to be in a good relationship with other women in the family so um yeah i'm definitely making sure that you know i'm breaking that cycle and i'm i don't like the word nice but i'm kind and encouraging and loving towards women in in my you know extended family now that i have joined by marrying my husband oh that's lovely i'm so happy for you that you were able to you know break free and start new because i can only imagine how stressful that is um i don't have like a similar situation in my family but my family um it went through a lot they're pretty aggressive and mine. so <laughs> i get like overwhelmed sometimes because I don't know how to handle it sometimes like I get I, I get like I don't panic like 
but my brain starts shutting shutting off like I can feel it shutting off and I'm like getting to a point of reacting like I don't know how to react this is a this is this a fight is this affection like so yeah in that sense I could relate and I never was I wasn't able to embrace women because yeah. I was like intimidated I'm like well what if I get criticized I don't want to oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's almost like don't don't show up <laughs> otherwise you give them the opportunity to see you and then comment on certain things and, and and this is so common and this is where it starts um and later in life when we want to do something like like you right now you're very visible online you know you you let yourself to be heard you let yourself to be seen and that can feel like a vulnerable experience because you open up yourself to the opportunity to other people to essentially judge you and criticize you and it's very courageous what you're doing right now you know this line of work thank you so much that means a lot to me it's very, that encourages me a lot mm. how okay so this might be i really want this for to be a gift for the mothers the, the mm. ones that are pregnant the ones that or even want to change their parenting style maybe they're not getting the results that they want yeah. how, how can we notice in our children that we may be causing a mother wound and how can we catch ourselves or or intervene with the habit that we have that might be causing harm to our children yeah. i think the good way of thinking about it is going by back to basic needs and that's for our children to feel safe and depending on the age but typically um, kids start um, gaining some understanding and language around their feelings around like four or five years old they typically learn it at school or nursery you know depending on the country where they go to and um, if if a child is able to voice i'm so happy right now or i feel angry or like in their own kitty way if they're able to voice that is a very positive thing and as a parent it's a very good idea to say i'm so happy to hear that you can say this to me you know it means that you have done something right there is safety now if a child shuts down and and again like the throat chakra is blocked now it might be that maybe they haven't had um any education or um nobody raised their awareness around how to vocalize or how even label their feelings then it would be a good moment for us as parents to realize that okay so maybe we can do something around that help them voice that so that they understand what anger and frustration means what happiness means and can they describe maybe food that they are eating now like this is my son recently said this is delicious and I was like this is such a sophisticated word <laughs> well done not just like tasty or mm, this is yummy I was like, oh this is delicious I was like, this is amazing <laughs> so I, I suppose just um it's like the lack of something would be a good marker indicator that maybe there is something that we can do um about it so I, I would say like naming like feeling safe first and foremost and the way it can be um witnessed is if they can name their emotions or like 
yeah, they kind of like you, you spot them occasionally to name their they name their emotions. If they um if they're telling the truth as well. So um I mean all kids um there's this thing that all kids oh they start lying during a certain age. It's actually not lies. They're actually creating something like alternative realities. And a very simple way of checking it is like I always ask my son, like, did you wash your hands? And he was like, mm-hmm. And I see that cheeky smile on his face. I know that he did. <laughs> I was like, are you telling the truth? And then he says, no. Yeah. I'm like, I will always encourage you. Like, I will never tell you off or, um, you know, like, if you tell me the truth, I will always appreciate it and I will always praise it. So, again, and that comes to safety and trust. So, you know, the child can say and communicate what's coming up for them and, you know, and kind of like say, yeah, I didn't do that. And then it's about your reaction as a parent. Okay, so come on, let's do it. I know it's tough. It's boring. You want to go back to your tablet or your train truck or something, but it's got to be done. It's the voice of discipline, the inner mother that has to be um, part of their psyche going forward. Other things is... um Perhaps socializing with other kids, if you as a parent notice that they um, there's, they don't have to like easily enter, you know, like social interactions and like easily just run to the playgroup and uh, playground and make friends with everybody. No, but if they don't leave you and they stay by your side all the time, like maybe it takes time to warm up and like sometimes it's up to an hour. Um, then it's a good idea just to start working on separation and independence and say, I'm your safe haven. I'm going to be here always. You can come back to me and then go out there and explore, come back, then go back into the wilderness. So I think that's something that's very important, creating that independence, because the, the, the reason why I'm saying it's important, every time I say something is important, I'm like, but why? But because when they're older, they need this independence to make their own decisions, their own choices, rather than, mom, what would you do? Mm. Tell me what to do. And they can make their own decisions and then own the responsibility that comes with the decision. So own up to the price that they're paying for certain choices, for example. So I would say those, like, those few things are probably most foundational and the first thing that just comes to mind. I love that. So like, from what you've said, a way that a mother could avoid causing a mother wound is checking if, are you, like, asking yourself a few questions. One, are you creating a self-environment for your child? Can your child feel comfortable approaching you when they feel insecure, unsure? Is there shame, tension, or are you causing guilt for your child? You know, asking yourself that. Um, number three, is your child dependent on you or are you giving them tools for independence? Mm, yeah, and that comes at certain age as well. So like after like, you know, three, four years, um, definitely start paying some attention to it. And let's throw in one more attunement. And that's in like, um, that's more asking yourself, like how attuned do I feel to my child in terms of their needs? Um, and, and it's essentially like if they're hungry, are you giving them food or 
Are you sending them to their room or <laughs> giving them water? Are you meeting their needs, <laughs> essentially? And, and that's like your own intuition has to guide you here. Like ask yourself as a mother, am I, do I feel like I'm attuned enough to my child? I love that. That's perfect. Can you tell us about your coaching program, Becoming the Author of Your Life? Right. So Become the Author of My Life, Your Life is the name of my coaching practice per se like it's just the name that i really resonated with um in terms of mother wound healing i have a couple of um, ways to support and serve other women and the first one is very simple it's one-on-one capacity and the way i approach this usually i have a conversation uh, with a person who's interested in this work and we co-create the package that would suit them and the way of working together Um, and I I start in this way very very intentionally because from the get-go even before we started working together and we, we might never start working together but I want to get them into the habit of this is a partnership you can decide for yourself what is going to serve you and what is not going to serve you i'm not here to be your guru and i'm not here to impose certain elements of coaching on you but we can very much co-create so that you start feeling empowered pretty much from day one so that's the first way of working together and the second way is um, there is group coaching experience that I have created with another certified coach who has also gone through mother wound uh, healing journey herself um, and we are both trauma-informed both certified life coaches and we created this experience where there there is a number of videos to go through there are six modules and there is um, a few group coaching calls which are run like women's circles so you are surrounded by other women we contract very clearly to create a very safe space this is you know this is what we're here for you can absolutely name certain things that are very hard for you to name no one's here to to judge you and we unblock through chakra we speak our truth we go through the journey Um, of mother wound healing together and you are being guided not just like by you know one coach although some people do prefer one-on-one capacity and intimate spaces and and that's fair enough this is actually something that I preferred at the time but some women feel it feel that it's liberating to be part of a sisterhood and women's circle and get together and actually that's a healing element just to know that you're not alone um, with this problem I love I love that because I don't know I think a lot of other people do too when you wait when you are growing up and you watch like Disney Channel and stuff and you see like everybody has their own little group of friends like yeah. I feel like that's great about a sisterhood because we all want you all want that opportunity to be like oh I want to get away let me have brunch with the girls but sometimes it's really hard to find supporting yeah so I love that you're building a platform for that it is it's like you know we grew up I'm kind of generalizing here, but a lot of women grew up watching Sex in the City and it's about, you know, girl bond and and they had brunches every Sunday where they would discuss their careers, their relationships, sex, of course, lots of sex, of course, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, fashion brands and like all the girly stuff. And it was it was so wonderful to watch. And I think I, you know, now, now I'm watching Carrie and I'm like, she's like yeah (laughs) 
I'm I'm kind of maybe like yeah like I like her romantic side um but I probably started resonating with other characters more as you know I grew up and became an adult but the element of you know weekly gatherings together having your tribe of sisters who are there for you and they're not there um only during um good times they're especially there during difficult times and they're not there to only tell you the good thing that you want to hear but they're there to remind you that you're better than this and I know you and I see you and I know your potential and that's essentially embodying that inner mother as well you know I'll accept you with whatever is coming up for you with all the challenges and maybe some internal bullshit that's coming up. Um, but I will also be here to remind you that you're better than that and, and about your potential. Yes. Yes, I love Sex and the City. And I love what you got out of it. And this, and that's what I'm hearing about this the motherhood and the sisterhood group. Like, mm. and, but it's also, such like, a magical vibe. Yeah, and like not being mean, you just actually care, like be, being honest. And I, I love that in relationships because I personally believe if you care for someone and you see them going down a dark road, if you don't mm. say one thing like, hey, dude, is this what you really want? You're not like, you're, you don't really, you're not showing that you care. Like a lot, there's a stigma that people are like, oh, don't tell me what to do. It's like, I was, I just want you to be aware you're going to go through some consequences. Like when the, the Sex and the City crew saw Miranda cheating on her husband. They mm. were her with that. Like some people have to understand, like, your real friends are not going to tell you to rob the bank, even if you need it. Like, so I just want to throw that out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, th this is the quality of a fantastic friend who says, you, you know, you're better than this. I'm here to remind you about it. And, as, as sometimes friendships break up if someone decides to um, go down the dark path and stay there and this is their choice not to say that they're going to remain there they might come back but they also um, it, it takes you know it takes a lot of courage to tell your friends that look you know because you can't be people pleaser and have that courage to say I think you're doing the wrong thing here's mm. why yeah I think the mastery is in the approach, right? Mm, totally. Yeah. If our Matrix members would like to work with you, how can they contact you? I think the best way is to just go into my DMs on Instagram and just say hi. Um, very soon, I'm going to be talking more about Inner Freedom, which is this group coaching experience for Mother Wound Healing and the Sisterhood Vibe. So you can check out the content that's coming out. Just see the vibe. If you you want to have a call we can just hop on a relaxed coffee chat um make you feel seen heard and understood and hopefully like i get you and based on that i will be able to recommend ways of you know supporting you and it might not be even with me so just making sure that i serve you powerfully and a link in my bio on instagram there is also a quick link to book that call so you can just go ahead and, and book time that suits you and we can have a chat and just connect further that's so special so you guys can have your own experience with christina and i'm i totally recommend it i'm gonna have an amazing week because you give me so much great energy and i'm excited to bring on our final three our rapid fire okay 
<laughs> Tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how they impacted you. Oh my God, no pressure. Um, okay, so that would be my father. Actually, my father, my best friend. And he was like both my mom and my dad to me, like two in one. He was great. And he taught me a lot. Um, I'm looking at, at my books right now because I'm that person. <laughs> like, What am I reading right now that's really impacting me? I would say the second person is, um, I know it might sound a little bit controversial, but I would say Jordan Peterson because I'm reading his book at the moment. And that's just very present for me right now because I'm, I'm working with this question of inner strength and responsibility. And, and I feel like I'm ready for the next level of owning that energy within myself. So. I'm working on that and I would say number three you know what I'm gonna say my mother because she was the most influential person in my life and and it's so interesting there was it surprises me every time I intentionally think about it I, there was a point in time, moment in time when I thought we're not going to have relationship. I'm going to quote unquote, divorce my own mother because I can't have her in my life. This is too stressful, too tense, too toxic, too unhealthy. And there are no boundaries whatsoever. And she's giving me advice all the time, <laughs> especially when I don't want it. But we actually had a conversation today before our podcast because she asked to have a conversation on the phone. And I was like, is that a good idea? Let's go for it. We have such a warm relationship right now and very healthy. There are boundaries. There is love. There is support. And she's even asking me, how can I be with you? How can I support you today? And I'm like, holy guacamole. That is just so. <laughs> now, all, all mothers are willing to do that. So I give her full credit for doing her inner work and actually following the lead and realizing, yeah, we, we need to break that cycle and make sure that we don't take that to the next generation thank you for giving us hope that's magic words if you're a mother if you're somebody who likes to help your friends and give advice and you really care consider I'm, I'm one of these people too and I had to tone it back our consideration our care you know, we can always ask the people that we want to help how they need to be supported. That's the right way to do it. There's no other way around it. They don't need our <laughs> opinions on their choices. They don't need our influence on their future. We need to find out what they need. And that's how we could be good friends, good mothers, and healing warriors. Yeah, and not to turn like, do you notice how sometimes this happens? Like someone shares their challenge with with another person and another person is like, oh, I had it so much tougher when this and it becomes a competition who had it tougher. And it's like, this is just not productive. Because <laughs> you're, you're like, I don't feel better after this. Like now I'm like, oh, is the world terrible? Like, okay. Yeah, because you, you don't feel seen. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't care about what I'm saying right now. You only care about your own experience that you are now putting on the table and can feel hurtful. Yeah. What's your favorite color and what do you think that says about you? Ooh, that keeps changing over the years. I would say my favorite color at the moment is rose gold. Mm. 
and uh, like my jewelry like the past 12 months or so it's all ro rose gold uh, my notebooks and my pens is getting a little bit ridiculous <laughs> but uh rose gold and i think it's this um very feminine energy which is soft and yet strong at the same time i love it what's one question you wished i asked you and how would you have answered it Oh, it just felt like such an organic conversation that unfolded very naturally. Um, okay, that that's just because it's me. <laughs> it's like what, like I like the provoking questions, you know, and and I, and I find that when we go into dark places, there is so much potential for self-discovery there and I like questions around like what don't you like telling people about mother went healing journey or um yeah what part of your story like maybe you're hiding or something like this you know like those kind of dark juicy deep dark juicy potent questions because it's just the way I am I think they are always the source of self-discovery uh how I would answer them yeah was the follow-up question <laughs> damn it <laughs> should have thought of it before uh i would say um i i wish i could say oh okay so i think this is going to be a good answer because we kind of it kind of links with what we we just talked about and that's like giving hope i mean it's wonderful when you can truly heal and and transform your relationship with your mother and become friends and actually learn how to love and care for each other in the way that you've always wanted perhaps but this is not something that always happens and I think it's just as liberating to have the polar opposite which is actually kind of breaking up with your mother divorcing her and giving yourself that permission to say you know what I've tried and I'm going to let you go and I wish you all the best but I I have this freedom to say I can't have you in my life because it's just not good for my mental health if something is not good for your mental health for your inner happiness and ease it's imperative that you choose yourself over your mother and that's a very tough thing to say uh, but it's equally liberating for some women out there who realize I'm doing something wrong. I can't patch my patch up my relationship with my mother. It's not a requirement sometimes. And those cases, they still happen. I worked with those cases many, many times where mothers choose not to do their inner work. They choose to numb their feelings and their whatever was coming up for them in alcohol in drugs and we cannot be our mother's therapist our entire life it's not our job we actually have to have this courage to live our own life and say as much as it pains me and hurts me this is your life i need to attend my life and address it because who is mother in my children or you know being a good partner to uh, my other half whilst I'm mothering you I'm very glad I asked that question I think mm. a lot of people need to hear that because we get this uh 
is is it's probably a term for it but i was watching dr phil and i learned a new term and it's like survivor survivor's guilt right yeah 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 because yeah everyone had it so much tougher and you know i turned out to be the lucky one and that's a huge responsibility that okay now what am i going to do with this life yeah Oh, I love what you're choosing to do with it, Christina, and I'm I'm so happy to meet you. Me too. It's been such a wonderful conversation and like such a juicy potent dialogue. <laughs> I can't wait to for the our, our Matrix members to hear this. Oh, brilliant. To support Christina and her mission to provide actionable steps on healing one's mother wound, follow her on social media and check out her life coaching program. Christina's social media links will be in the description below. I encourage you to work with Christina. Tag her on social media if you have any thoughts or questions. If you found value in our content, please tag us on social media on your insights. All feedback is welcome and helps us serve our fellow Matrix members. To stay up to date with our Matrix mentors and what we have in store for you, bookmark our website and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. It was great to have you with us on the Organic Matrix show. And we'll see you on the next download. Join me and our Matrix mentors on Podmatch. Be a guest and meet many like-minded, inspiring individuals.